The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship in word and sacrament to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our gathered community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written and emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us here come Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the Spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Here, the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May we exchange signs of his peace. be seated. A lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 1, verses 1 and 10 through 20. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. 
new moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation, I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals cannot, uh, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from the Epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land that he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, Descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 50 with the antiphon. Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Our God comes and does not keep silence, before whom is a devouring fire, round about whom is a mighty tempest. Gather to me my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. 
Mark this, then, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart, and there will be no one to deliver. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke chapter 12 verses 32 through 40. Glory to you, O Lord. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night, or near dawn, and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words spoken and heard be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Last Sunday we worshipped in the Baptist Church, the Mother Church of Colgate University in Hamilton, New York. The pews, windows, edifice, organ, and structures have not overly changed in 50 years. The kindness, grace, joy, reverence, humility, and care of the congregation roundly resemble those from decades ago. It was a rare chance, a gift of some significant dimension, to be welcomed into a community of faith come Sunday. 
particularly when such opportunities each year, given one's vocation, are quite limited. The Baptists welcomed us, mere Methodists we, as they have regularly done in the summer, in the past, in the spirit. It should be noted that the welcome required the welcome of six children, grandchildren as well, who happily explored the pews, hummed the hymns, joined in the children's moment, and with some sharp exceptions, impeded not the liturgy of the day. It takes courage to open your doors in a Baptist church or anywhere come Sunday, not really knowing what sort of Methodist others might descend upon you, a baker's dozen with their kids. The children are immersed in summer with its changed schedules, alternating child care systems, and various other forms of mayhem. They are busy with eight-year-old things and the things of childhood, wonderfully overheard in their jokes. You know all of these jokes, but maybe you have forgotten. What time is it when an elephant sits on your fence? What is the biggest pencil in the world? Why is six afraid of seven? And endless your mama jests. See me following worship if you have forgotten the lines. Those who care for children, such a noble, beautiful career and calling, deserve our salutes, particularly come summer. Thank you. Thank you, Aunt Millie. Thank you, Uncle Fred. Thank you in the daycare. Thank you at home child care. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Grandma. And thank you for those who agree to work at summer camp, especially church camp. The bell tolled, as it does on the hour last Sunday, every hour in that small town. We sang familiar hymns, crown him, seek ye first, O Zion, haste. We heard the interpretation of the scripture from a venerable pulpit known to Harry Emerson Fosdick, Adam Clayton Powell, and Colgate students beginning in 1819. Colgate University began with $13, 13 men, and 13 prayers so long ago. In the prayers for the day was included the Lord's Prayer, as you would expect. Also, by tradition, the wording was slightly different therein to the venerable usage employed here at Marsh Chapel and elsewhere. That is, we prayed forgiveness for debts, not trespasses. Forgive us our debts. And following worship, we returned home, as we say, a little religious humor, the Baptists to their debts and the Methodists to their trespasses except that there is something truly good about hearing a familiar prayer in a different mode. These good American Baptists use a version of our shared prayer that emphasizes the substantial, material, physical prayer in a different mode. The nature, physical, material, and substantial of what is to be forgiven. Yes, you might argue it misses the larger, varied multiplicity of the more common tradition, trespasses, it is more narrow, more hedgehog than fox, say. But for all that, it makes a strong point. There is a treasure, a heart's treasure, a treasured physicality in the grace of the gospel. When you have to throw yourself on the mercy of the court, it is a great gift to experience that mercy present to you in all its substantial, material, physical nature. Speaking of which, we are coming to the Lord's table to bread and cup, thanksgiving, presence, memory, and all. Forgive us our debts. In the spirit of Isaiah, we notice, given the cultural prominence in America this year of the rhetoric of racial hatred, religious animosity, and rhetorical ugliness, 
the gift to our time and culture from one particular candidate, and now sadly too, his party of record, which has owned what can only be disowned, a grand, even an old party, we may be open to a reminder, a gentle one, about the heart's treasure, about treasure in and from, from within the heart. Life is brief, rounded with a little sleep. What we say lasts longer than what we do. So, damage already done, it is a travesty and a tragedy to have a beloved culture arrested and assaulted this year by the rhetoric of demagoguery, birtherism, America firstism, misogyny, racism, xenophobia, and bigotry. You perhaps remember that this candidate given to vitriol recalled demolishing his earlier adversary saying, yes, that was great. I really got him with one phrase, low energy. That destroyed him. That was a one-day kill. And then, words are beautiful things. What one, one wonders what the children in New Hampshire and Ohio and elsewhere will hear, remember, and make of this, and how they will think of their parents and grandparents, their aunts and uncles regarding this in years to come. Grandpa, what did you say in 2016? Grandma, what did you do in 2016? The Gospel of Luke, a multi-layered gospel of compassion, today takes us to a moment of preparation and to a holy call, to a holy calling, to a holy experience, to a holy readiness, estando listo, a word for us today, to a quickened courage, even in the face of dark death, cultural or existential. For Luke has prepared us these weeks. You know how to live, fear not. Sell and give. Hold on to what lasts. Foxes have holes, but not the Son of Man. No place. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho who fell among thieves. Give us this day our daily bread. Woe to you if you neglect justice and the love of God. This night your soul is required of you. So we are not entirely surprised by today's gospel. The way has been prepared. Treasure is important to life. Heart's treasure is the importance of life. Treasure has its place in life. The heart's treasure is the point of life. Treasure makes a way for life. The heart's treasure is the way of life. Eternity gracing time. Here is the heart's treasure. Purses that do not grow old treasure in the heavens that does not fail. So you also must be ready. We are, siblings, we cleaning through now the papers and photographs in our mother's home since she has been moved to assisted care living. Many of you have done the same. Some of you are doing the same. Which pictures do you save? Which documents? Which furniture? My mother chastised me once for something in boyhood I had said to our neighbor, a woman of her own age. The infraction itself is blessedly forgotten, but not the cure. You must go and apologize to her, she said. 
I did so, reluctantly, but I did so at her direction. You must tell her that you are sorry. I did so, not happily, but in person, up the porch, physically to the door, material, sub, materially, substantially, knocking and speaking. All of the materials in our mother's house, letters, books, yearbooks, newspaper clippings, cards, Christmas cards, photos, photo albums, all of it, and all of them, and we're still moving through them, are as nothing compared to that word, Go, apologize, forgive us our debt. There is a word that is substantial, material, physical. The heart treasures forgiveness, either given or received, because pardon comes by grace alone. Like the gift of life and like the promise of eternal life, forgiveness is the gift of God's grace. And this gift we receive this morning in Holy Communion. Whether the forgiven is debt or trespass, the forgiveness is lasting treasure, treasure buried in a field, the imminent and imminent presence of God. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Sometimes the forgiven is substantial and material and physical, even financial. This summer, near and far, people are giving of their time, energy, talent, and money to give children a week at summer camp. And what a gift it is to see a boy or girl learning to swim, learning the prone float for the first time, to see a girl or boy who has never held a fishing pole before catch a fish or three, to see a boy or girl view the whole firmament at night for the first time, to see a group of young people across many divisions of background, race, gender, orientation, class, temperament, and personality come to friendship, to hear prayers and songs and hymns and psalms lifted in young voices morning and evening. What a privilege. What a gift. Our granddaughter spent her first week at camp at a campground at which her great-grandfather, her grandfather, and her mother had worked long before her arrival, a place, you might say, for the discovery of the heart's treasure. It is not a small thing for a nine-year-old to go away for a week to sleep away at camp. It requires levels of trust, confidence, and assurance in multiple directions. She went with a friend whose family had only recently become involved in church, her friend's parents themselves had no experience at camp, but they had an experience this summer at camp. It happened this way. The parents went to pay their bill. Like many, they had paid half the tuition but had to complete their payment. So they stood in line in front of a desk out on a lawn looking out on a beautiful long lake. In front of them was a mother alone. Her turn came. They watched as she went slowly to the desk and stood silent. And there she stood in silence, and the camp worker waited. The mother said nothing, but finally held out her hands, empty. She had paid the first half, hoping to have enough to pay the second, 
But as happens, paycheck to paycheck, something happened. She couldn't pay the bill. But she had brought her daughter, hoping, hoping that her daughter could go to camp like others were going, hoping and making the drive, taking the chance, hoping against hope that there might be a way. Love has a hidden strength. Or she might have reasons it's a church camp, even a Methodist camp. When you throw yourself on the mercy of the court, you just hope there is some mercy there. And she just stood, hands out, and whispered, I'm sorry. And in a fast motion, in a New York minute, in the twinkling of an eye, the woman at the desk came forward, took her arm, saying, this is no problem. You just come with me. Your daughter's going to camp this week, but you come with me. We'll take care of this. What is your name? Where are you from? Do you have a home church? We're going to take care of this right now. Sometimes you may have a lover's quarrel with your church, but then sometimes, sometimes in the summer, sometimes in the simple things, sometimes there is a reminder of who we hope we are, who we think we are, who we have a promise to become. Do you know God to be a pardoning God? Do you know God to be a pardoning God? I know you can't run an economy on those terms. I know people have to pay their bills. I know you can't run a business or a school or a city or even a church if people don't pay their pledge. You can't keep a campground open even very long if that's the way things go all the time. I got it, I know. But you know what? Sometimes people need a little help. Sometimes there needs to be a space made, an opening, a little forgiveness. And I am really proud of that church camp, Camp Casawasco, where we grew up, worked, learned, and over three summers lifeguarding, some of us chose to go into the ministry because of the ministers we met there. Someone let you grow up, my parents would say. There was room there. There was a place there, many rooms in the Father's house. There was a forgiveness there, not just of trespasses, whatever they are, but also sometimes of debt. Forgive us our debts. It was the story of the Bursar line, by the way, the account of a passionate moment in the lineage of faith like that in Hebrews, the moment of a mother's faith when faith is really faith, which is when faith is all you've got to go on, her faith that somehow her daughter would get a bunk, take the swim test, sing at campfire, and be like the rest of the kids. It was that account that her friend's parents recalled and retold. No problem. We'll take care of this. You come with me. What is going on with us in this country anyway? Have we forgotten who we are? A cultural amnesia? A Christological amnesia? Have we forgotten the love we had at first? Have we forgotten how to make a place for someone left out, someone somewhat different, someone other? Have we mixed up our heart and our treasure? What is our heart's treasure? What do we stand for when push comes to shove? There is a reckoning coming for us as people and as a people. 
If you leave that campground on Owasco Lake and drive southeast for a while, either on the road for four hours or in the mind's eye for four minutes, you come to the Hudson River, and then you go right down to the Atlantic Ocean. There's a harbor down there, a city nearby, and in the harbor there's a statue, and on the statue there's a statement, and the statement reads as follows. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the restless refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the lost, the tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door.
Please be seated. We welcome you once again to the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. As we come to the communion liturgy in our service, we note that there is wine in the chalice on the pulpit side, grape juice in the chalice on the lectern side, and there will be a healing prayer station uh, led by the reverends Jennifer Quigley and Soren Hessler under the Christ Church Oxford window uh, by the pulpit. We welcome back to the pulpit this week our dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, who has been away in the summer, and we look forward next Sunday to welcoming his friend and colleague, the Reverend Susan S. Schaefer, senior minister retired of Asbury First United Methodist Church in Rochester, New York. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Richard Roll's setting of the prayer to Jesus, uh, set by George Oldroyd. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
within us, the fellowship among us and thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. And by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you and for, for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
Together, let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.